Hello, and welcome back to Recovering Faith Podcast. There was not a podcast episode last week, so if you were looking for it and just thought you missed it, uh, it wasn't just you. I didn't put one up. I had planned on it, and then I got really busy, and uh, yeah, I was out of town all last week, and also had a lot going on. I know it's not a real good excuse, but I had a lot going on, and I did get engaged. So um, we are getting married October 10th. So yay for us. Uh, Today's episode is actually going to be an attempt at an answer to a message somebody publicly sent to one of um, my earlier podcast episodes and blogs which it says uh, which is one why does god hate me and this person she says the holy spirit left me because i was so dejected i said the bible wasn't true even though i do believe it's true i was told he left me i felt him leave even though he said he would never leave me or forsake me He left me behind as all my female friends and exes got married. My life is being on a hamster wheel, never changing, always unhappy while everyone else moved on. God hates me. Uh, First off, I would say that this is going to be a little bit complicated. I'm going to do my best. But first I was going to say... If you were depressed and you said the Bible wasn't true because you were depressed, were you living like you didn't believe the Bible was true? Or did you just say you didn't believe it was true? Because, I mean, there is a difference. And it's not a sin not to believe. Uh, The next thing, though, is uh, you said that you were, she said that she was told that God left her. Told by whom? I would say that if your friends told you that God left you, that they are not really very good friends. I remember a time in my life when a lot of things were going wrong. And people would say to me, man, you must have really made God mad. And that is absolutely the wrong kind of thing to say. And if it was at church where they told you that God left you, then that is not a good church. Because basically, God doesn't leave us. We leave God. A good example is in the New Testament with Judas. Jesus was with Judas the whole time. Even after Judas abandoned Jesus, Jesus didn't abandon Judas. He gave him a chance to own up to what he did and to make things right or to ask for forgiveness, but he never did. Right up to the end, Jesus gave him another chance. And ultimately, it, it was Judas who decided to leave Jesus, not the other way around. Judas, of course, left Jesus because of, because of pride and because of and because of greed. As we learn from read the Bible, we, uh, there was this time when well, Judas was the most 
trusted out of the apostles, which is why he, everybody trusted him, and that's why they gave him the money back. But little did they know until later, Judas was helping himself to the money bag and you know spending it on himself, spending the community money on his own personal wants. And then there was the instance where this woman opened the expensive perfume and she and she anointed Jesus with it, and Judas said. Or he publicly shamed her and said that the money that it could have been sold and the money used to feed the poor, and of course Jesus said that the poor will always be with us, which is of course true. We still have poor today, and he said, "But she has done a beautiful thing." And he basically told Judas, "If you want to do something about the poor, why don't you do something about the poor?" You know, uh, well, Judas, as we read, uh, Judas said, at that moment decided that to betray Jesus because not only did he not get the chance to take the money that he wanted to but Jesus called him out publicly and he didn't like that and with all these and then even though Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed even though he knew Judas was going to be betrayed was going to betray him and even after he did he gave him every chance until the very end so God never left Judas Judas left God and so when you say, I'd like to know more, when she says, I felt him leave me, because I, I'm not, I gotta find out who said it here, but I heard the statement that, that everyone is, about, is as close to God as they want to be. And in a lot of ways, that tr that's true. A lot of people say that they want to be closer to God, but they're not really doing the things required to be close to God. I know people that say they'd like to be closer to their family, but yet they don't spend any time with their family. If we never pray, if we never read the scripture, if we never do the things of God, we can't say that we are trying to have a relationship with God. So, also, you can't say that because your life isn't like everybody else's life, that God hates you. And even if you have severely messed up, God doesn't hate you and he wants what's best for you. And you always have the chance to return to God. Yet, as long as you're still alive, you have a chance to return to God. Now, somebody asked this a similar question of Billy Graham or the Billy Graham Evangelical Association. And their question was, does God ever get so tired of us that he just decides to leave us alone? We do this with other people sometimes, so I guess I wouldn't be surprised if God did it to us. I wouldn't blame him if he did. And the answer is pretty short. It says, this isn't an easy question to answer, as isn't as easy a question to answer as you might think. And the reason is because the Bible indicates that God both gives up on us and he doesn't. Let me explain. On one hand, at time, God seemingly gives up on us and leaves us alone, allowing us to go our own way and not stopping us, even when we're headed toward disaster. This happens, the Bible says, when our sin and stubbornness become so great that we refuse to listen to him, no matter how often he warns us. Then the Bible says we end up paying the price for our sins 
and God lets this happen. The Bible says, God gave them up, which is uh, Romans 1.26. But on the other hand, God is always ready to forgive us and save us, no matter how far we drift away from him. We may turn our backs on someone who has offended us and refuse to have anything more to do with him, but God never does. No matter how far we've fallen, God still loves us and yearns for us to be with him in heaven forever. Don't risk your soul. Don't turn back on God. Instead, thank him for sending his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save you and invite him into your life today. The Bible says, For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him the world would, but to save the world through him. Sorry, John 3, 17. And so that was the answer from the Billy Graham Association. But with that verse, I'm assuming that you were refer that the person who's referring to that uh, probably in Deuteronomy, where it says, uh, "I will never leave you or forsake you." It says, "Be courageous. Do not be terrified because of." Because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you, which is Deuteronomy 31.6. God commands our confident trust in him in a world that encourages us to believe in ourselves more and more all the time and to achieve the all we desire and what we deserve. It's paramount to understand uh, who and whose we are. Society sets a bar to earn, accumulate, uh, to earn and accumulate. Accomplishments and accessories are lauded above humility and God-ordained purpose. Very often, people have a hard time taking God at his word, wrote Jack Graham. If God says it, that settles it. And there is absolutely no reason to doubt it. So in the place of worldly standards, the Old Testament admonishes or admonishment of Deuteronomy 31.6 can serve as a benchmark in our everyday lives. Hebrews 31.5 has the same sentiment, putting an extra emphasis on what not to have confidence in. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I I'm, <clears throat> think a lot of people who say that God left them, that God hates them, Say it's like they're the ones that walked out of the picture. They stopped praying to God. They stopped having faith in God. They stopped talking to God. They stopped. They stopped having anything to do with God, and then they, God's not invited in their life, and then they act surprised when God's not there. But um, with that Deuteronomy thirty-one six, uh, when we read the context of the verse. It was written to encourage the people of Israel, including Joshua, Solomon, and Hezekiah's military officers. Their old, uh, their old Testament reality presented their lives with insurmountable challenges, and God wanted them to know how unequivocally that they could trust him, that he would lead them to victory. It was a call to obedience amidst great adversity. Two verses later, God repeated, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. When we promise always or never, we are incapable of upholding it. Thus the unfamous never say never. 
However, whenever God promises always or never, he can be fully trusted to honor his words, as uh, it says in Numbers 23:19. Imagine, if you will, having to follow Moses. Joshua's call was to lead the Israelites to the Promised Land, and Moses had began guiding them toward it for 40 years. Now, Joshua had witnessed the flaws of uh, his mentor Moses, and surely he harbored doubts of his own. But God assured him in Joshua 1.5, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. The legacy of our Heavenly Father's character resonates in Solomon's reformation as a temple in Jerusalem finally came to fruition. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. 1 Kings 8.57 Now, with all these, I'm going to say, and just because something bad happens in your life, doesn't mean that God has abandoned you or that God hates you. I mean, Jesus even said that don't be surprised when the whole world hates you and don't be surprised when these things happen. Uh, with the exception of John, all of the apostles were martyred. They all lived painful lives. They all suffered. They were all falsely imprisoned. And they tried to martyr John, but he survived, so they exiled him to the island Patmos, where he, uh, and he later died of old age, after, of course, writing the book of Revelations. So, just because something bad happens to you doesn't mean that God has left you or abandoned you, and if you don't feel close to God, I would suggest putting some effort in and trying to approach, trying to approach God. I mean, if you feel distant from your spouse, the best way to become closer to them is to start spending time with them, serving them. I mean, I had been told before that the quickest way to love somebody is to serve them, and and I think that's the way it is with God, too. The more we effort we put into a relationship with Him, the more we will love Him. And the more we love God, the more we will realize how much he loves us. And, and then we will feel his presence. And so I hope this has answered your question. If not, and I, I don't even know for sure if you're listening to this, but the person who uh, wrote that inquiry, but... If you or, or if anybody else actually has any questions, or if, you know, the more specific, the better I can answer them. But if I would, uh, I would definitely be willing to spend some time and do some research and, and answer any questions you have. So uh, keep the questions coming. Uh, thanks for reaching out to me. I know sometimes that is a difficult thing to do. And I hope and pray that I did answer your question or shed some light on on your problem. Uh, thanks for listening, and God bless.